but times, or even now, uh, still have difficult with difficulty with at least. Before I go there, I would like to say this about exactly about thirty. 36 years ago, there was a young man who went to Washington, D.C. and gave a speech that stirred about 200 or so thousand of people. It stirred them so much to where we have seen a change in our society. Many of us, whether we are high schoolers, will take the day off tomorrow. Some of those, some of us who work in our own businesses, we will say to our employees, have a good day tomorrow. We take the day off because we honor one of America's heroes, America's civil rights activists. We honor Martin Luther King Jr. tomorrow and his work in which he did in America. Martin had a vision to see a place where all men could be created, treated equally. Because all men had been given those rights by not any human, but by God. So all should be able to be treated with the same equal right, respect, value, and so forth. I wasn't born at that time But I know because it was often talked about in my household and the work in which had taken place. Today, I stand here as one who has, I consider, profited a lot from the sacrifice of Martin Luther King. Not only him, but many others. And today, I would like to be able to share with all of us one area I believe that Martin and many others had to overcome in order to see progress in our society. when it comes to the treatment of individuals and people. And I believe today one of the reasons why I believe that I have and still am growing in this area is simply because of New Hope International Church. Today I'd like to talk about how to eliminate the sin of prejudice from our lives. Prejudice itself is a sin against God, 
Why is it a sin against God? Because it hinders truth from advancing. Many of us will sit and say, well, I, I wasn't in the South, so I'm not, not involved in that. But you know, actually each one of us are affected by prejudice in our own other ways. For example, we can show prejudice by simply the clothes in which we wear, the food in which we eat, sometimes even books in which we read, different interests that we may have in life. We can also show some, some aspect of prejudice in those areas. However, God desires us to overcome this area in our life. Prejudice does not mean that one is wrong, his or her views. It simply means, it simply, he could be right and yet prejudiced because his views are not from the result of a conviction from true evidence. Today, we're going to look at what Paul said to young Timothy. The Bible says in 1, Corinth, I mean 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21, it says, I charge you in the sight of God and Christ Jesus and elect angels, keep these things or these instructions without partiality, and do nothing out of favoritism. Paul, talking to the young, young Timothy, who was like me, a young lad, and Timothy is put in this position of overseeing this church, and in this church it got some older folks in there, it got some widows in there, it got all kind of people in there. And Paul says to him, giving him this advice on how to deal with the widows and how to deal with the elders in the church and how to deal with slaves in the church. Paul says to him, by giving him the charge, do not view them with prejudice in your heart. Look at one, look at a group of people in which I believe we can see clearly prejudice in their heart. But before we read that, let's look at, I'm going to give you what I believe, and I would have to say that this definition comes from someone I really respect a lot, and I'll give you this definition of prejudice. Prejudice is a judgment or opinion formed before the facts are known. The act of prejudging Another person's value, worth, significance, or suitability for inclusion within a group based on appearance, race, cultural background, speech, nationality, gender, geographic, or personal history. Coming to a conclusion on someone without knowing the fact is prejudice. How many times have we been in a situation where 
we have probably heard a good friend of ours maybe have a conflict with someone and our good friend talks to us first and we immediately jump on the side of that particular person without hearing from the other party. Because we have some aspect of prejudice within us. One group of people, again, as I say, who I believe were very prejudiced people were, and we can see probably clearly of this fact, are the Pharisees. The Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 47, Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. The Pharisees would not, and they just absolutely was not going to believe Jesus was the Son of God. Although they saw the miracles he was doing, they still were not convinced. Not only did they see his miracles, they saw that Jesus lived a perfect life. He was sinless. John chapter 8, verse 46. Even Judas, even Judas recognized that, hey, I have killed innocent blood. I have been part of killing innocent blood or shedding innocent blood. Although they saw his miracles, they saw he was perfect, perfect in all aspects, also, his teaching. His teaching did not even convince them. Matthew chapter 7, verse 29. Their own scripture did not convince them. The empty tomb itself, it did not convince them. Jesus' miracles, his perfect life, his superior teaching, the scripture from the Pharisees themselves and the empty tomb. None of it convinced them that he was the son of God. So the only thing that I can take from this is that they were so full of prejudice that they were just not going to accept and include Jesus into their group. Some of us have been in that position before. I don't know about you, but I have. I remember when I was a small kid, and we had the first Asian kid come to our school. And this is in Louisiana now. When you're the first Asian kid, it's almost like me going to Idaho. <laughs> and we were so afraid, we were so afraid of this particular kid, we had all kind of things going on in our mind. And we were just not going to let that particular kid come into our circle. Some people, some of, some of us as uh, African Americans, we sometimes think that it's only others who are prejudiced. But we have our own prejudice as well, too. Because that's the nature of us as human beings. And we have to be very careful that we don't prejudge people.
there's a quote that says, my mind is made up, so don't confuse me with facts. <laughs> Another quote reads like this, a judge glared down from his bench and said to the prospective juror, and just why is it that you don't want to serve on this jury? The man replied, well, judge, I'm prejudiced. Just one look at that man has already convinced me that he's guilty. <laughs> the judge scolded him saying, you're looking at the wrong man. That man is not accused, but that's the district attorney. <laughs> Many of us fit in that category. I'm sure we understand that. We've been there. So we know that what prejudice is what it is, we know for sure that there's clearly an example of the Pharisees, what produces prejudice. Those who have interaction in our lives from early age, here's where parents relatives, and other sorts of people have an, make a very big impression on our life. I had an uncle, boy, he was very volatile and he was very angry about his treatment. So guess what he said to me? Don't trust them. They all are like that. My mom and dad trying to tell me to love somebody. Oh, but when I'm seeing things with my very own eyes, I'm seeing how I am treating someone. I'm seeing how others are being treated. I eventually started to think the same way. Sometimes we as parents, we want so much. We want so the, the best for our children that sometimes we go overboard especially in this area of religious belief. We want them to keep it so much, we want them to keep it walking our trail so much to where sometimes we are teaching them things that we shouldn't be teaching them. We have to be careful. A person just don't come out being prejudiced. He or she learns how to be that way. So our early impressions and associates can influence our views. How about ignorance? Ignorance itself generates prejudice. The less we know about a particular subject, the good chances that we will become prejudiced about someone or that particular subject. As I said to you before, why do we react that way when in my elementary school, grade school, we had probably 90% 90, probably 90 of the population that were African-American and we had this one Asian kid step in there. Many of us had no contact with those who are from another country. We had no contact at all. So guess what? 
because of our ignorance, we treated the person wrong. We wouldn't let them come into our circle. I remember one time, I remember one time when, I, when I went to Idaho and I stepped into this particular church. And you would think that President uh, Bush has stepped in the congregation. Everyone stopped. <laughs> Some of you I know probably haven't had something like that to, to that extreme. But what if you are a lady who is sitting here and you've been going after a job and you're competing with the guy and they look over you because the guy, he's a guy. What about some of you students who are, who are, who are here? And you study and you study and you get the good grades. And some of your friends start to formulate all of these opinions about you being the geek in the class and all of those kind of things. Because in their hearts, there's an ounce of prejudice there. And it wants to prejudge before all the facts are known. How about jealousy? Jealousy and envy. What produces prejudice? Early impressions and associates? Ignorance? Jealousy and envy. In Acts 13, we have an account of Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas have now just been laid hands on and anointed and sent out to proclaim the gospel. And they go about preaching all of the good news to different cities and they come to Perga. And Paul and Barnabas preaching so well there that the people invited them back. Say, come back again, come back again. And when Paul and Barnabas came back again and they stood in the, in the, in the, in the synagogue and they preached and they preached and the Jews started to begin to see all of the crowds starting to show up, the Jews got very angry. The Bible says in verse uh, 45, it says, when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. When we have jealousy and envy in our heart, our heart is being very ripe for prejudice to lodge itself there and become a life, part of our life. Pride and selfishness. A proud and self-centered person will not listen to anything that opposes his or her views. Regardless of what evidence is before them, they will not listen. And you know what you can usually do to be able to see that this prejudice lies in their heart? You say a sharp word to them. And once you say a sharp word to them, ah, it comes out then. 
give you a perfect example. You remember Herod wanted his brother's wife. And he eventually got her. And John the Baptist began to tell Herod, that is not good what you're doing. It's sinful. And what did Herodias, what did she do? She got very upset at John the Baptist. And she said, I want his head. She got upset. John the Baptist said one word to her that was truth. And because she was so prideful and so self-centered and wanted to get her way, it came out. I remember, i never forget this. We were in high school and we were in wood, woodwork shop. And one of the football players, I mentioned something to him. And he says, after I mentioned it to him, it was so stinging to him, he didn't like it. And I, at that time, I have to agree, I said it in anger to him anyway. But <laughs> he, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. So because he didn't like it, he right away says to me, and this is a person whom I've just played, been playing with for two years. He says to me, all niggers are just like you. And by the, time he, by the time he almost said it, I pulled out a pipe that we had in, in a wood shop, and I had the pipe like this. And I was about to clock him. And my instructor caught me. He said, don't do that. But that's the way that I used to respond to prejudice. What are the fruits? What are the fruits of prejudice? At least four conditions of the heart result from prejudice. The first thing, it produces willful ignorance. A person that is prejudiced, he closes his eyes and ears, again, to what is truth and what goes against his preconceived ideas. In Romans chapter 1, verse 28, it says, Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Some people will know the truth, but because of their desire not to change, they will willfully walk in ignorance. A good example of that one, again, Jesus talking to his disciples, talking about the Pharisees and the prophecy in which Isaiah gave. Matthew chapter 13, verse 14 and 15. Read that in your spare time there. It produces willful ignorance. It also allows for no change. The Bible itself 
was given to all of us for what? Just to read? No, the Bible was given to us for to read and apply to our lives so that it may cause change to happen in our life. Paul, the apostle himself, he was given the mission to make man understand and know the truth. We, I know that all of you sitting here today probably have ran into somebody just like me that says, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to change. They admit that they're not going to change. It's simply because they don't want to change. It produces willful ignorance, it allows no change, and it makes one dishonest. A quote is said like this, anyone can be honestly mistaken, but when he is confronted with the truth, he neither ceases to be mistaken or ceases to be honest. Prejudice can also cause us and I'm pointing at myself here, it can also cause us as ones who handle God's word to misrepresent God's word, misinterpret God's word, and misapply God's word as well. Because of our own prejudice in which we have when we go looking through the word of God. Prejudice can cause, again, people to misquote the word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. It also creates, and here's where I believe it came to a head in my own life. Prejudice can produce a bitter fruit of anger, hatred, and even lead to murder. That's why... I was ready to box and ready to fight everyone. Because there's anger there. And I don't know how many times I've shared with all of you how much anger had filled my heart. And how I, that's why I needed Jesus so much. That's why I needed him to come into my life and change me and transform me. So I no longer walk in prejudice. I no longer walk in sin willfully. And I'm here today to tell you and let you know that if you're here today and you have encountered situations like that and you have faced someone prejudging you, I'm here today to tell you, open your heart and let Jesus in. Yeah. He could change your life. The Jewish leaders, they obviously hated Jesus. Why did they hate Jesus? Because Jesus was very direct and targeting. He was hitting their prejudice. He was hitting their hypocrisy. And it caused them to be so angered to the point to where it led them to crucify him. We know what prejudice is. 
We know the things that can produce prejudice. We see the fruit from prejudice now. How can we eliminate it? Prejudice. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus, get the picture, standing, and all of those who now believed in him, be, believed in him being the Son of God, he's now standing before them, and he's telling them how to live in the kingdom of God. And he says that one who is hungry, one who is thirsty, for not food, not for water, but one who is hungry and thirsts for righteousness. Amen. You, know how it is. you know how you feel being that maybe we just came off of the fast and everything. So you know how I feel when you miss three meals or one meal or two meals. You're hungry and you want to run and find some food. I know how I feel when I have run four or five miles and then I don't want to talk to nobody. All I want is a drink of water because I'm thirsty. We run for those things. All Jesus is saying here that if we want to eliminate prejudice in our life, he says, desire the truth above anything else. You remember I said? It's coming to a conclusion to, about someone or something without knowing all of the facts. Desire the truth. First and foremost. Amen. Not only that, desire the truth. We must also remember not to accept any position as final until the facts are all in and have been examined. <laughs> we as human beings, we like to draw conclusions before all of the facts are in. We like to look at people close and then immediately jump to a fact and jump to a conclusion that this person must come from there. See, I used to walk around the places and because of tall in stature, people used to think that he must be an angry and volatile guy. One of the reasons why I don't wear my pants hanging down here, or I'm not wearing no gold chains, is because I don't want to see people, I don't want people to think that I'm some, some kind of thug or some kind of gangster. No, I'm not a thug and I'm not a gangster. I am a child of God because he has chained me. We have to be willing to look at people without prejudging them. Amen. We have to listen to two sides of every story. The Bible said in eight, uh, verse, uh, Proverbs 18, verse 13, it said, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Listen to both sides of the story. Don't just begin to Make a decision based on just hearing one side. Listen to both sides of the story. We must desire the truth. 
Don't accept that any position is final until facts are in. And then we must stay humble. We must stay humble. We must come to this real small fact that there are possibilities in which we need to understand no matter how much I have studied in a particular area, I still could be wrong in that area. And it's a lot... Keep my heart open and willing to learn. Someone that says that I don't need, or I'm not, I don't need to learn from anyone or anything, anybody else. I know it all. That person's heart is real ripe and rhyme. I mean, real ripe for prejudice to lodge itself in their heart. Lastly, we must be willing to change. Once we see all of the facts and all of the evidence, we must make a decision to change, make the changes necessary so that we can please God. If we want to eliminate prejudice in our life, desire the truth above anything else, remember not to accept any position as final until all the facts are in, stay humble, and be willing to change. In conclusion, I would like to read this little bit of quote here. A daughter said to her mother, Tomorrow, I'm bringing my new boyfriend home for you to meet. And I must forewarn you that you might not like him, especially the way he's dressed, with his earrings and all. But I want you to keep an open mind. She repeated, Remember, Mom, an open mind. Mom answered, I will keep an open mind, but you might be surprised how much prejudice can be crammed into an open mind. <laughs> prejudice of all kinds will continue to exist in our world in which we live in. But we must remember and understand how to identify and eliminate it from our lives. Prejudice is a willful disposition, and it can be removed by desiring and accepting God's truth in our lives. God eliminates prejudice from our hearts when we work for him and with him. I desire to see a world, desire to see a world where we are able to look at one another from the same way God looks at each one of us. Amen. I believe that in order for that to happen, we must not allow prejudice to lodge itself in our hearts. So as you go out tomorrow, and I would encourage all of you, go out, participate in some of the events that are going on for in celebration of Martin Luther King. If not participating in them, at least communicate again to your own children the vision and such he had for this world. Brothers and sisters, you don't know how happy it makes me to see that 
we have a man in our White House. You know, some of the black folks, as you see, some of the black folks, they cried the night that President Obama was elected. Why they cry? Because they can visualize. They can visualize. And they can see the progression. They can see that, hey, we can't get there. That's my hope. And I know that there's no way in the world that I'm going to get there because of my own ability and because of what I, what I can do. I know the only way that we can arrive to there is making Jesus center of our hearts and the center of our lives because he changes life. And that's my question to somebody here today. Are you in the midst of a situation where you felt that you've been treated wrong? <laughs> Don't get upset about it. But just go to Jesus. And he will change your whole outlook and the whole way you think. Brothers and sisters, I really appreciate your open ear this morning. I thank you for taking the time to listen to me. I pray that you would only just put into action that in which you have heard this morning. So thank you for your attention. I just would like to ask you to hold with me a few minutes more here this morning. Today we I have a baby dedication today. And we have some 